Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. This is Brandon Marsh, the Los Angeles Angels in 66ers baseball. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. I'm Tori Hunter Jr. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. What is going on, Angels fans? This is another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am Dallin Garcia, and I am joined with... Johnny Maggs. Yeah, we are, uh, what is this, like the third week when we are quarantined in separate houses, I believe. Yeah. And trying to make it work from there. So, um, you know, just trying to make it work, trying to stay safe with all the craziness going on. But we are back. Um, and if you were able to see on our social media, whether it be our Twitter or Instagram at Halo underscore Haven, we are going to talk about the July 12th game. The first home game back after the, the tragic death of Tyler Skaggs, but also one of the best nights I've personally seen with my own eyes, um, the combined no-hitter. But before we get to that, we'll have a quick word from our sponsor, Simply Safe. Yeah, with home security, there's two ways you can go about protecting your home. There's a traditional way where you wait weeks for a technician to do messy installation that costs a small fortune. Or there's the other way, Simply Safe. Simply Safe is everything you need in home security system it's award-winning protection two-time winner of the cnet editor's choice award simply safe blankets your whole home and safety you can get comprehensive protection for the entire home outdoor cameras and doorbell alert you to anyone approaching your home entry motion and glass break sensors guide guard the inside you barely notice it's there but what's truly remarkable is you can set up the system all by yourself Anyone can do it. It takes 30 minutes to an hour tops. There's absolutely no trade-offs for your safety. You'll have an army of highly trained security experts ready to dispatch police to your home at moment's notice 24-7. And it's only 50 cents a day with no contracts. That's why The Verge calls Simply Safe the best home security system. Go to simplysafe.com slash team today and get your free shipping and 60-day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Go now and be sure to go to simplysafe.com slash team. Again, that's simplysafe.com slash team. So, again, thank you for our sponsors. And so um, we were actually there. But the cool part was that we were actually there at the game that night. So, you know, as part of this whole kind of quarantine thing, that's one of the things we've been doing is watching older games. And obviously, at least for me, it was a point to watch – it when it came out because I don't think until very recently it was on it wasn't out there for people to to start watching. No, I wasn't. You know, um, I think MLB kind of released it right around the time that we were actually um, like on quarantine. Right, like they, to the YouTube. They, yeah. Hey, let's let's MLB dot com send. Let's let's do this. You know. So. Yeah. So like until you know, obviously, it, like I said, it happened in July, but from the point where. It actually happened to you know like it's like a month ago. I have ne- I had not seen the um, actual video like you know broadcast of it, and just you know I thought it would be a cool thing to kind of look back at it not only through the eyes of like if you're watching TV, but also just you know there's certain things like I'm sure I missed when I was there because you, you know you're kind of all wrapped in it. You're all kind of you know talking with people around you. There's stuff that you that I, I know I probably I missed. That when you watch the game back through the to the TV version of it, you you pick up on things here and there, and I think that was a a really cool thing I enjoyed doing going back and watching uh, that game. Yeah, I think I think going back and watching something, you know, something that you've been at live, you know, it's cool being there. Don't get me wrong, I wouldn't change it for the world. I would be there a hundred times out of a hundred because it was such a great moment. But there's so much you miss being there. You know, the insights, a uh, couple of plays maybe you might not have caught because you know we were so we were in left field 
you know, we didn't catch the man. That was a tougher play than than, than it should have been. Or man, that, man, that that could have been a base hit. We didn't really notice because we were intermingling with people and and uh, stuff like that. But um, man, just watching it back the day that day the other day when I watched it, I, it was just really just. I'm glad that I was there, and now I'm glad that I was able to watch it back. Back, yeah. Uh, and, and then, so you know, let's take this from kind of chronological order. So. You know, obviously, the death of Tyler was was huge for us, especially for us that we just kind of started that relationship with him through the podcast, through, you know, myself, you know, for the longest time. And I don't know when exactly it it started, but Carly Skaggs, um, Tyler's wife, has followed Halo Haven for for a long time. And I remember one time we were doing the podcast and and we did the same thing we're doing now, which is like, you know, we go on uh, Instagram Live to do the podcast also. And then all of a sudden... She popped up on there, and at the time, I didn't think anything of it. I didn't even notice it. And then once we got done, you kind of pointed out, like, "Hey, did you see who was on uh, the the uh, live stream?" And I was like, "No." And she's like, "He's like Carly." You, I think you or Chris said Carly Skaggs. I'm like, "Wow, I didn't even know she followed us." So, anyways, kind of like fast forwarding, you know, we started talking to, to Tyler before that spring training. We met. I met him at the spring training facility. Uh, that spring training, you know, I've always kind of talked to Carly here and there, and then even you know to this point, I still do every once in a while, but. You know, it was really unfortunate to see his death and, and how it happened and just, you know, building up a relationship that we've ha- we're having with him. And it's just like it hits a little bit harder because you feel like, you know, him. you know, even though it was only maybe a handful of text messages we traded back and forth, it still hit, you know, pretty hard. No. Yeah. Like being there, um, being able to meet him or, or, or just talk to him and reach out to him and him say, yeah, man, I'm I'm down to help you guys. I'm down to be on a podcast was more than than anything we could have asked for and it showed a lot about what kind of character he was because so many times we reach out to guys and and for you know we know you know they're busy and so a lot of times we reach out to guys and we don't get a, we don't get an answer back or we get a yes but we don't really get any real definitive you know we don't get them on but then tyler was all about it tyler was 100 percent all about helping us out and joint, being on the show with us he sat down for what 25 30 minutes on yeah. that on that yeah, show yeah. that we did yeah. And answered all our questions. He was fun. He answered non-baseball questions. He answered basketball questions. And we, I felt like, and I, I'm pretty safe to say I can, I can um, speak for you too, where we felt like we were really genuinely building a relationship with Tyler because we would reach out and he would 100% answer us back all the time. And and how often does that happen with with players? You know, they don't they don't need to reach out and, and say hi back to us. Right. And, and for him to do what he did. Right. Shows a lot about what he was. So yeah, when he passed, man, I, man, I, it, it hurt, man. I remember getting all those texts that morning from you guys and, and other friends, and it almost seemed surreal. It didn't seem real, and um, yeah, it did feel like we might have, we like, you know, we were losing a guy that was becoming a friend of ours. Yeah, definitely. So we, um, at least for myself, I was not planning to go to that game. I was planning um, to be down in San Diego for the weekend with family and stuff like that to catch a Padres game, actually. But then. Obviously, once everything happened, my schedule completely changed, and I made it a point to go to that Friday game. So going into the game, going into the day of the game, um, you know, I I was very interested to see if the family was going to be there because until about maybe I think an hour, an hour and a half before the game, there was no word on whether the family was going to be there or, you know, if they were, they weren't. There was no one, there was no word one way or the other. So when I heard the family was going to be there, I, I, I was really – I felt – I, I thought it was awesome. I thought that was great. Like, I, I made me want to get there even sooner to, to see all the um, pregame stuff. Because, you know, there would be pregame, you know, um, a remembrance and all that stuff. And, and, and you wanted to be there for it. And, and I remember being in the stadium once they started that whole process and, and, and hitting a little bit harder there, too, because you saw, the, you saw the, the, the players with all the 45 jerseys on. You saw his mom come out. He saw his... Um, wife come out, brother, and, and his whole family and stuff like come out and 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 have to kind of almost mourn in front of everybody, which was kind of hard to see. But um, you know that 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 pregame, you know, uh, remembrance was was really awesome to see the guys out there on both sides on 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 the foul lines and the the frame jersey of his, and like I said, all the players wearing forty five was really awesome. Man, there was a lot of onions being cut out there in the outfield where we were standing. Um, you know, I rode with Chris. Chris and I got there right, right when 
the, the memorial before the game started, and I, we barely got in in time. We were literally, it took us longer to get from the State College line into the stadium than it did from Riverside to Anaheim. It took us like 30 minutes to get in, and we, we barely made it. Like, we got there right on time, and yeah, we caught everything. And um, when it got me and Chris, and I looked over at Chris, and Chris said the same thing, um, was seeing the 45 on everybody's back and the last name, not just the 45, but it's Skaggs 45 on everybody's back. And and when when they the mom came out and the brother and stepdad and, and Carly came out, it really really tugged at, at your heart. You know, if you if you have any kind of heart or soul, you're gonna feel it. You know, and uh, me, you know, I, I felt I felt just you know his brother. I lost a brother as well, and I know how that feels. You know, so I could I could imagine it really tugged at my strings. And uh, man, the, the the video that they played and man, it was just I don't know how the Angels got through that game and did what they did. It was it was a, a looking back at it, like you said, like you, we talked about earlier, watching it again, man, after us being there and feeling the emotions from that stadium. Can you imagine how much more emotion that the guys on the team felt? I, I don't know how they I don't know how they did what they did, man. Yeah, and kind of, I mean, obviously you had um, Tyler's mom, uh, Debbie Skaggs, throw out that first pitch, and it was an absolute bullet, which was like kind of like one of those things where it was like, dang, you know, I mean, I guess hindsight being 2020, you kind of look back and be like, yeah, that was a, that was a good sign of things that come for that night. But kind of like what you're mentioning, we, we got there the same at different times, you and Chris and then myself and my wife. So obviously we had no idea that this game was going to be what it was. So, you know, we watched, you know, the pregame and all that stuff. And then once the first three outs of the angels happened, okay, now, now let's go meet up. So now we go meet up somewhere, uh, the four of us. And then that first inning, again, and it's so cool to watch it back again because obviously we had no idea that first inning was going to be, um, uh, you know, I, we had no idea when that what that first inning was going to be when we were there because otherwise I think we would have stayed in our seats and watched the whole first inning because there was no way we would have known what had happened. We were all like outside in the concourse getting something to eat, kind of just meeting up and stuff like that. And just, I mean, it started with Trout in the first inning hitting the two-run jack, I mean, that was just a huge home run to set the tempo, what felt like for the whole entire game. Yeah, I just remember us like like you you texting us and we text we texting you back, like, yeah, it's okay, well we're gonna get some food. We're hungry because I think me and Chris and I shot out straight from work. We didn't get any food, so and yeah, I think you guys were hungry too. So we're like, Okay, we're gonna go on the on the third base or first base side. But remember we were we also made all those tiger sky buttons, buttons so we were hanging out for free. And there was a lot of people hitting us up, so we were like, "Meet us over here because we're gonna we're gonna be getting food. So if you guys want to get it, we'll be here." So we met with a few people. We ended up talking with them for a while, and we missed pretty much that. We missed that whole the first, first inning and all yeah. the run games. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, that just set the tone for the whole night. Trouty going deep, and what? Looking back, I didn't know. I mean, obviously we didn't watch it, but he never swings at the first pitch, and he swung at the first pitch and just annihilated it. Right. And the, and the funny part is too, because again, we're out there kind of talking stuff like that. Fletcher gets on. You hear, you, you know, you can still hear, and obviously, any fan that's been to Angel Stadium, you you can always kind of hear the crack of the bat, no matter where you're at. Maybe you're not able to see it, but you can always hear it. So you know, you hear the crack, and you kind of find a TV. Okay, cool. Fletcher let off with a double. Okay, cool. You know, and then we were still talking, and I was saying, you know, I mean, the sound was echoing through the stadium, and then just the the uh, pop from the crowd was unbelievable, and that just sent all of us we all went running to find the nearest tv and what happened and then like i said the fact that if we would have known what a, what was going to happen we we would have sat in the seats and been like hey we'll meet up with you guys like in the third inning this is you know these first two innings are going to be crazy but you know trout's home run and then kind of later on um i mean the first inning he went two for two with uh, a home run a double and four rbis like that's a great game for a person let alone um in a single inning to start off a game that um start off the game and i was just like wow that's 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 one hell of a way to start off a game especially like you said with the emotion of everything going on and the emotion of um being back home for the first time since you know obviously uh, uh tyler's death but it, yeah it was a crazy first inning yeah man it was just it set the tempo for the night um you, you almost felt all right, they're going to win this game. But never in our wildest dreams that we were going to think what was right, going to happen. Yeah. So it was just one of those deals where, like, they had a great first inning, and I'm like, awesome, Trout went deep. 
he was very emotional after their first game back in Texas. So you could feel his emotion. You can tell he was he's an, he was being emotional over the whole situation. So for him to hit a home run, the best player on your team, the best player on the planet to hit a home run for his first, you, you you can almost tell that he felt relieved when he rounded the base and you see him cross the plate. Like he you could the genuine happiness on his face. He looked up to to you know where the family was sitting and uh, just. Just like, wow, it was yeah, just like a really point, it yeah. set up that whole night. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and part of that first inning for me was the fact that, I it kind of like you said, you you felt good that they got off to a fast start and, it, and all that stuff, but you never thought the no-hitter was coming. But I, I, did, I do remember, like, looking over to my wife and said, okay, cool, that, you know, they got that seven runs in the first inning. I'm like, cool, now that you can play relaxed. Now they don't have to worry about pressing. Now, okay, cool. Now, you know, that helps with the pitching because – for that game, you know, they went with the opener, which was kind of surprising with, with uh and when I talked to uh Victor Rojas, you know, a little while ago, he mentioned it too, is like coming off of a all star break, you kinda of figured you have your starters lined up where you don't need to go through that opening route, but they did. They used uh Taylor Cole for two innings and so you kinda of figure like, cool, you know, they're 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 gonna be under a lot less stress, they're gonna be a kind of free flowing and not have to worry about, oh man, it's you know, it's a two to zero game or you know, three to three to three in the eighth inning and trying to pull it out for the, for the victory. So you, I, I mean, I just felt like good, let them relax and play, play loose, play free and, and have fun out there. Cause you know, this is something that they do for fun and, and, and playing for a buddy, like, like they were saying they were going to, and they did, um, was just an awesome sight to see. Yeah, yeah, and it, it looked like Taylor Cole, too, and that it looked like he could have gone another inning. Like, he yeah. was really dealing in that. I mean, I had never, you know, Taylor Cole, uh, he is what he is. He's a guy who's in a he's a middle reliever kind of guy, can go long relief. Um, really hadn't shown us that what he can really do, but you knew that he he was a, a guy who can get you anything, give you anything. In that game, I was... Like, man, this, you know, looking back on it, and, I, and to be honest with you and everybody here, I didn't even notice that they had an opener at all it, until it got further in the game. And I think you told me that Taylor Cole started the game. I, I really didn't know. So watching it back, I realized, oh, man, looking back at it, he pitched really good. I felt like he could have gone another inning. And uh, But it just goes to show you that on that night, Something special was happening because Taylor Cole pitched a hell of a great two innings. Felt like he could have gone another inning, and again, just it was something that was setting up something bigger, man. It was it was something something nice was going to happen, man. What a, what a night! Yeah, again, so Taylor Cole goes two innings, strikes out two, gives up obviously nothing across the board, no walks, no runs, no um, no hits. Um, but yeah, you're right. It, it did seem like he can probably go another inning, but you know, but with the way they kind of had it planned out. Afterwards, in the third, uh, Felix Pena gets in, and, and I mean, it had to be a great feeling going into the third inning, already having a nine to zero lead, and knowing, okay, if I give up three or four hits, not a big deal. If I give up three or four runs, not a big deal. So, you know, obviously, I've never pitched on that kind of level. I never pitched on any level, but the fact that knowing that you come in in, a, in the third inning of a game, knowing you're up, you know, nine nothing, has to feel good and has to put you know, those pitchers in, in a relaxed state that, you know, probably into the going into the game, they probably weren't because, you know, obviously you had the emotions of everything going on, but uh, that, I think that huge start for the game uh, calmed everyone down and was allowed everyone to kind of just take a deep breath and, and really be like, okay, cool. Let's just go out there and play now. Well, yeah, you're 100% right, especially for the pitcher. I, I pitched at the college level. Um, so, I mean, not major league level, but, I pitched all through high school. I pitched at the college level. And anytime you had a run, for me, anytime I had a, a, a lead more than three or four runs, you did feel relaxed. You felt a lot more relaxed. But also, you can't take it for granted to this. Sometimes you can get over-relaxed. Sometimes it can feel like, you know, you, you're just going to groove things up there because you have a lead. But, you know, at the same time, that can play well for you because, you know, Felix Pena, Tater Cole, these guys aren't quote-unquote, lights out on the Ryan strikeout pitcher. So uh, if you're able to pitch to contact and trust your defense, you're able to be a little more relaxed because, you know what, hey, um, I got a 7 or a lead. If I give up a home run, we're still up 6-7-1, you know. So you are able to relax and, and, and let it flow. 
And those seven runs that big lead had had to do a lot. And I think, I think too, um, I, it might have they might have mentioned in the commentary. I'm not sure. I feel like I heard this, but I, I um, even I think Victor, one of the commentators, said that they were you know Cole's looking great. He can go another inning, but the first inning was so long that Felix right. Payne was already kind of getting ready. So they had to bring him in for that third inning. So that has to do something with why maybe Cole pitched so great he could have gone one more inning, but. Felix was ready, and it showed because Felix obviously pitched a hell of a, a rest of the game. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you kind of mentioned it. The first inning was super long, the bottom of the first. And then also, too, the, the bottom of the second was, was pretty long, too. You know, they scored a couple runs, but, you know, I'm looking at it. They had, like, eight, nine guys, you know, go to the plate that inning, and you had a pitching change in the middle of it. So it's like, you know, you don't want a guy to be sitting down too long. Because, you know, you don't know how that's going to affect him. But, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, Taylor Cole did a great job. I mean, six up, six down. I guess that, that's exactly what you needed. So moving forward, like I said, they scored seven in the first. They scored two in the second. Um, you know, and it, and it just seemed like at that point, okay, cool, now we can relax. And I think that's kind of at the time where we started really kind of um, us as a group. You know, like I said before, me, my wife. Um, yourself, Chris, we started kind of walking around the stadium a little bit more and meeting up with people and passing out those um, Skaggs pins and kind of just, um, you know, the cool part too, what I remember about the, I know we're talk, trying to talk about the, the broadcast stuff, but I remember what, about the game itself when we were there, we talked to a lot of fans and a lot of fans had great, you know, inner, inner um, reactions with, with Tyler, like whether it be, you know, oh, he threw me a, a ball or, oh, he, you know, he talked to my kid for a little bit after a game or stuff like that. Like there was a lot of people that had those kind of stories that were coming up to us and like were sharing, which was really, really cool. And so, you know, as Angel fans, you know, it, it, we were able to kind of just relax and go get a beer, go get something to eat, do that. And it was, you know, nine nothing, but nothing could, com- you know, prepare us for what uh, ended up happening that night. Yeah, we, I mean, you know, so I'm the kind of guy, and I think you're the same way. Chris is the complete opposite from both of us. Uh, I get to a game, I'm going to sit there and watch the whole game. Yeah. Um, if I don't have to get up, I won't. Like, if my wife will go, so I'll go get it. Okay, fine. Like, I'm not above <laughs> letting her go get my food. So I will sit there and watch the whole game and not move. You can say I'm boring. I'm the guy that keeps score. I'm, yeah, I'm that guy. I'm not the loud, rambunctious, let's go, Angels guy. I do clap when the team does something good. You know, I you know I stand up and cheer. But for the most part, I'm boring. I'm watching the whole game. But nine nothing lead. Um, meeting the fans, like you know, we were, like you said, we were handing out those buttons that we made for Tiger Skag. We're handing them out to people. So it was it was it was one of those feelings where man, we should be out and about and handing these buttons out because so many people were were affected in a positive way by Tiger. Like. Like you said, a lot of people were telling us, oh, he did this, he did that. And we, we have similar stories with him. We we met him. We talked to him. He was on our podcast. Like, let's share in the life of Tyre Stack. So for me, anyways, I felt really good with being able to walk around that day. Because I didn't, in my in my wildest dreams, being at the game, think that we would see what we were going to see. So it was real easy for us to kind of walk around and meet people and talk to people and watch the game at the same time. But as as you can attest, we were all in the same spot. Once we got to that spot in left field, we didn't move. Yeah. And not that we knew what was happening, but I can honestly say for myself, I felt something. I felt a, and I'm not, I'll be 100% honest, I felt a very happy peacefulness about being there, more than usual. I don't know about you, but at that moment, I didn't think of anything either, though. I wasn't thinking that we were pitching a no-hitter yet. I think we were probably in the fifth, fourth, fifth inning. It wasn't even in my frame of mind yet that, that what's going to happen is going to happen. But I felt a very calm happiness to myself. Yeah, and it was pretty cool. Like you said, when we were right below the the Jumbotron in, in left field, you know, part of the reason why, you know, I know I didn't move for really anything is that we met up with some fans, uh, not fans, but friends of ours that we hadn't seen in a long time. And we just kind of all just kind of chilled there and relaxed. And, you know, and it felt right being there with, with friends and stuff like that. And, 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 and I think – uh, maybe the seventh inning is when I kind of nudged my wife and was like, kind of did the whole like eyebrow thing to the scoreboard. Like I didn't say anything, but I was like, Hey, Hey, Hey. And she's like, what? And I was like, what? I don't get it. And I just like, mm, mm. and then she's like, Oh, and so I was like, yeah. And so like we stayed there 
I mean, and, and and if it wasn't for a walk in the fifth by Pena, that's a perfect game. I mean, that's like that is literally the only blemish on it. But again, in the fifth inning, you're not even thinking of it then because it's still fairly new. So, um, yeah, but I remember the seventh inning, definitely in the eighth inning, I was just like, what are we watching? What is going on? Yeah, and, and it was probably the sixth inning. And Chris goes, let's go to the team store. And I'm like, cool, yeah, you know, <laughs> sign up there. Yeah, we'll go to the team store. And I think, I don't know, we were watching, and then the seventh came around. And I turned around and looked at the scoreboard. It was the seventh. I remember it vividly. I looked up at the scoreboard, and I went, oh, crap. There's no hits on the board. And I told Chris, hey, man, something special is happening. He's like, what? Look at the scoreboard. He's like, well, oh, 10 runs. We're, we're going to get three wings or something? <laughs> yeah. No, no, dude. I didn't want to say it. So I was like, I was like, look look at the scoreboard, bro. I'm like, something special is happening. He goes, oh, wow. Yeah, we're not moving. We're staying here. Like, we didn't end up going to the team store for that reason. It just happened to be like, whoa. Like, it happened – it felt like it was forever, but it felt like it happened so fast, too, because the next thing you know, there's no hits in the seventh inning. That's yeah. when we knew we ain't moving. We're staying right where we are, dude. Yeah, I mean, and then, too, kind of like in any, I guess, any no-hitter, any kind of um, uh, anything like that, a perfect game, no-hitter, stuff like that, there's always one or two defensive plays where, you kind of it's kind of wow that's a great play like maybe normally it doesn't happen that way but you know um you had a ground ball to uh, uh Matt Thice at third who doesn't uh, that doesn't you play third base until before the season you know and he makes a great um i believe diving not diving but like a stab to his to his left towards shortstop and comes up with it and makes a great throw to first where you know, it, for a guy like that, that's far from routine. That's far from the norm. But he had a great play on that ball, and 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 that definitely, you know, kept the no hitter intact. But you know, stuff like that where it was just like, oh, this guy, I can't expect this guy to make that play. Oh wow, he made that play. You know, he's he's out of position. Oh wow, he made that play. So like, there was always plays like that throughout the night where it was just like, wow, okay, yeah, the breaks are going their way, and then. You know, with stuff like that, whether it's a no-hitter, perfect game, walk-off, like, so at some point, like, you do need some kind of good fortune to go your way, and it just felt like they were getting those bounces, they were getting those, you know, um, good looks at certain things, and, you know, maybe a call strike three was kind of on the borderline that you're not sure about, but they were getting those that night, and it was just, like, all felt like it was kind of snowballing into something. Yeah, and every no-hitter, you seem to have that one play that saved it. And, you know, I've been very lucky, dude. I've been to three no-hitters in my life. Like, that's wild. I was at the Mark Langston Mike Wake combined no-hitter in 1990. I was like 10 years old or nine. I was there. I remember it vividly because Mark Langston was my favorite pitcher ever. And then I was at Jared Weaver's no-hitter. And in Jared Weaver's no-hitter, Mark Trumbo, who I picked as my third baseman in my 2010 season, <laughs> um, who played like a total of 11 games at third base, Such made a diving play in like the fifth inning to save no-hitter. I mean, at that point, you didn't think it was going to pitch a no-hitter, but he made a great play at third base. Mark Trumbo, you know? Uh, so why would it be any different, right? Freaking yeah. Matt Dice, you know, they moved him over to third base that year, played a handful of games, makes a great play. Who would have known at that point in time that, that play that he made was going to be pretty much saving the no-hitter? So... Um, yeah, and every every no hitter I've been to, the three I've been to, something happened. I I think even in the Mike Wait one, I think there was a diving play in the outfield, you know. But you have to have those special things going for you that day, and just the fact that it was a day where they came back and honored Tyler Skaggs made it whole much just that much more better, dude. And then obviously it led to this final out of the ball game. And this is ground ball to second base. Rent Heifel falls down, picks it up, fires the first. The Angels have no hit. The Seattle Mariners. And that is courtesy of Fox Sports West. And, of course, that is Victor Rojas, past guest of the All Angels podcast on that call. So that final out happens. The whole place is going crazy. We're going crazy. We're high-fiving and, and, and non-social distancing as much as we could with people around us. Um, 
it was an absolute crazy time. And it was like one of those things where, wow, that was great. I can't believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, I don't, I can't, and I, I don't remember how long it was, but it, it had to be no more than like three or four minutes after that final out when you start seeing guys putting the jerseys on the mound um, as a team. And then when that happened, you can tell everyone's attention in the stadium went from, hey, let me high-five the guy next to me or, hey, let me high-five the woman next to me or stuff like that to everyone's undivided attention going to the mound. And to me, that was crazy. And, uh, you know, that kind of was the cherry on top for that night. Also, I just felt like no one wanted to leave, dude. Like, oh, yeah. No one wanted to leave. And, and yeah, it went from mass hysteria and happiness to a – moment of reflection like what are they going to do next and they didn't disappoint you know just to see them laying out those jerseys and seeing just the emote you could feel like and i know people are like i'm not even like i don't know if you guys if you guys have ever been to a, a, a game of ma- this magnitude and i've been to a world series games i've been to playoff games so it's a different feeling and you had that feeling there that night but it was much more than that because you know we're all holding back emotions, like no doubt. If you have any heart or any soul, there's no way that you could not have felt something. Even if you're, even if you're not a crier and you don't cry, you're, you had to have felt that heaviness, that emotional. Wow, this is a great thing that just happened. And what makes it crazier is after the fact that everything, all these numbers that popped up. I think we had a question on on, on our yeah, and we'll get, on we'll our get thing, that, but we'll get it towards yeah. the end. But yeah, but all that, all that mixed with what just happened. Wow, dude! Just I really, this was probably the probably the other than Game Six of the World Series. It's probably the best game I ever been to. Really, was it tops a Weaver one? It tops all the other stuff that I've been to. I've been lucky enough to be at some really good games, some really great milestone games. I've been really lucky, but this one, I think, other than Game Six, me being there in person, this one's got to be up there. It's got it. It's 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 like one A and one B. Yeah, and, and I wasn't. I didn't go to the any of the World Series games. Just you know, I wasn't old enough. My parents weren't really big baseball people, but for me, I can definitely say that was the most memorable game I've been to. Like I watched the Jared Weaver's no hitter. I saw it on TV, but I, I I wasn't there. I wasn't able to. Yeah, I was you know excited for it and I understood what was going on, but I you know there was no one next to me watching it with me, and that situation after the the combined no hitter you know you just felt like you knew everyone there you know like even though they might have been just standing next to you for the past hour you maybe not said anything to them but you always but once that final out happened you felt like you knew them you were been talking to them to the whole um the whole game so it was it was really really cool and then kind of like what i mentioned with um a little bit earlier i did was able to talk to Victor Rojas, the voice of the Angels, earlier in the offseason before all the craziness happened. And one of the questions I did ask him was, um, you know, take me through the, the the feelings of the game and everything like that. And, and, and this, is what, this is what he had to say. I don't know that I can really encapsulate my, my entire range of motions from that evening. But, uh, you know, you got to give it some context in that, you know, Tyler had passed – uh, when we were on the road, the first day of a road trip uh, in Texas. So, you know, the team had to deal with three days in Arlington, uh, one game not being played, four days in Arlington, pardon me, with one game not being played, then on to Houston for three days, and then a four-day all-star break before coming back. And, uh, you know, I think uh, the one thing that uh, stood out to me, even though we knew what the plans were from the ball club's perspective, uh, as far as honoring Tyler and his family that that evening was uh, I was a little surprised when I saw who we were starting uh, a starter in Felix Pena, uh, um, or pardon me, Taylor Cole, followed up by Felix Pena. And uh, you know, I just thought that was odd because if after a four day all star break, you would think that you would have a, you know, a regular starter go and start the second half of the year. Um, so that's the one thing that caught my attention early on. But once we got to the ballpark and uh, from a production standpoint, uh, the basis of our entire game really was just honoring the memory of Tyler. Um, I know Gooby and I, during that road trip in Texas, in both Arlington and in Houston, 
you know, we didn't even care about the game. I mean, I hate to say that, but it's just like your heart is so heavy and it's, it's, it's difficult to get excited um, because you feel like it's forced. And it was um, because of everything that had just occurred uh, just days before. And so after four days off and, and kind of clearing the, the mind a little bit, we were able to kind of focus back on <clears throat> doing our jobs as, as we normally did. Um, but we also knew that we were going to have to focus in on, on the stories that we were going to tell about Tyler and, and, and the like, and the guests that we were going to have and the things that were going to happen pregame and so on and so forth. And it really, uh, to be perfectly honest with you, it, it, it really was almost, uh, almost like a service in that it, all we did, I felt anyway, was was really just honor his memory and talk a bit about him as a pitcher, as a player, as a person uh, throughout the game. And the game was absolutely secondary. I mean, it was it, it really didn't dawn on us until I think it was about the sixth inning when we were finally done. Or, or we felt like we were done putting in all the things that we had uh, the guys in the truck had put together um, as far as tributes and the like that uh you know kind of started focusing back in in the game at that point and it i think it was the seventh inning we were at a break and i look at gooby i'm like man are they, are they really gonna do this i mean this is <laughs> this is insane and um and uh yeah obviously the the rest is history with the uh ground ball or and hefo and and all of a sudden the, the guys are on the field and then they're taking off their jerseys uh, i i don't even know I, I haven't even gone back to watch it. Like I've seen the highlights of, you know, the, the throw to first base and then Felix jumping up and then, and then, you know, there's, there's all the different cuts. And then there's obviously the one on the mound with the jerseys. Yeah. I know after I said the no hitter statement at the end, I didn't say a word until I believe I made reference to the guys putting the jerseys on the mound. I have no idea how much time that was. Um, it felt like an eternity. Um, I know that we were just, uh, we were just stunned. We just didn't know. I mean, uh, you know, all those guys wearing the 45 jerseys and the team was kind enough to, to, uh, to include us in that. Gooby and I had our jerseys on the entire game. Um, I think I have a picture. My wife was in the booth and she took a picture of us uh, while the guys were on the mound. I think I'm sitting down looking out um, and, uh, you know, I've got the, the Skaggs 45 Jersey on and it's still hanging in my closet. And it just, I don't know. It's just, uh, the most surreal, unbelievable thing I've ever, ever witnessed in my life. And then, you know, slowly, but surely you've got the, the trickling out of all the, all the numbers, right. And how all the numbers yeah. corresponded to a birthday and uh, the year <laughs> he was born and all, I mean, just. That was an Crazy. absolute trip that uh, when when those things came out. And again, that's Victor Rojas from an interview, uh, previous interview we had earlier in the off season. But like he mentioned it in the interview, and kind of what we talked about a little while ago, some of the numbers that end up coming up coming out afterwards, and it all started with the Trout home run the first inning, going 454 feet. You know, obviously Tyler's number front and back, but not only that. Um, it was the first combined no-hitter in the state of California since July 13th, 1991, which is Tyler's birthday. And, I mean, um, you know, there's some other ones. That's the 11th no-hitter in Angels history. Skaggs wore 11 as a high school player. Um, seven runs in the first, 13 hits overall. 7-13, that's Tyler's birthday. So, um Stuff like that was absolutely crazy that all that stuff started coming out the night of and even like the day after. Wild, wild stuff. Like, how do you explain that? You can't. It's 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 one of those things where you look at it and go, of course, like, of course that would happen. You know, even with like and in the past when people like there's there's so many stories of people like this. I think Michael Lorenzen of the Reds, a pitcher. His father died. His father was his best friend. His father was the guy that coached him. Um, first game back, changes his walk-up song to The Who because now he's a big Who fan. Goes up to the plate because he never bats. He's a reliever. First swing, home run. Wild. Uh, D. Gordon after uh, Fernandez died. Same thing. Like, D. Gordon like, never hits home runs. He hits a home run. Yep. So. Yep. 
Tiger Skaggs, all this stuff that came out after, all these numbers and his birthday, his number backwards, the no-hitter, like, mm-hmm. amazing. Like, there's nothing you can say about all that that happened without saying, wow, without saying, even if you don't believe in a higher power, how do you explain this? How can you not think something more than just what happened on the field happened that night? Like, Tyler was his presence had to have been there. It's just, I, I, I don't know how they, me being a fan at that game, I still, I'm still wild and floored by it. Imagine how the guys who actually were teammates in his and played in that game, how they felt. It's, it's just wild, dude. Yeah, it was just it was a crazy circumstance. Some stuff that, kind of like we said at the beginning, we never expected, expected to see anything like it. But I was telling my wife on the way home, I mean, you talk about an emotional roller coaster. You know, you're, you're mourning, you're sad, you're, you know, at the very beginning of the game. And then the game happens, you get all this excitement going on. Um, the big first inning, the second inning where they get a couple runs, then you realize that there's a no hitter going on. And then the, obviously the, the pop in that where it's like, Oh my God, we just saw something that's really rare. And then the end part of it, where you're seeing all these guys remember their fallen teammate by putting the jerseys on the mound and giving each other hugs. And you can see some of them guys breaking down and stuff like that. So, you know, going from up, you know, from down to up to down again, it was just, it was a crazy night. I, you know, when we, made the plan to go and just see the game regardless of what our original plans were that night. Um, the last thing I thought was, you know, that, that the no hitter was going to happen. I was just hoping for, you know, obviously the angels were struggling a little bit going into that game coming out of Houston and Texas. So I was hoping for a competitive game. I wasn't expecting them to do what they did. I was just hoping like, Hey, make it competitive, make it a good game to kind of honor, you know, uh, a Skaggs name. And, and they just um, by far surpassed all of that. Yeah, I just again like from the get go though it was something like seven those seven runs in the first inning home run by Mike Trout comes up again gets another RBI in that same two RBIs in that same inning uh, they batted around uh, man just again you don't go into it thinking you're gonna see anything special I think I was in the same boat with you where it's like be competitive win the game but. Combine no hitter, uh, just amazing. And even that last out, dude. Remember, I think I think I said it. I don't know if it was to you or to Chris, but I go, dude, he's got to face two speed demons in in, in the next the next two outs. And there was a couple plays where, I don't know, man, like the Rahifo out and he dropped in and picked it up. But one of those ones was like a, it was like a squibber, right? Yep. Like so the second to, out something. to the uh, to the pitcher. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 just, and, and like you oh. said. Um, and kind of a weird coincidence, D. Gordon, you mentioned him with the Jose Fernandez thing. He was also on the Mariners, and he got that second out, a little ground out from the, to the pitcher. And honestly, and then like you said, the final out uh, that we heard was what from Hefo, and he had a little bit of trouble at the beginning. And you know, at that point, you're like, you're hoping that um, that he can make he can he can because he he just came in, I, I believe, because they moved Fletcher from second where he was playing the whole game to third took Dice out and put Renhifo in um, for the defensive part of it. And you're just like, oh, of course, as soon as the new guy gets in, the ball somehow finds him every time. But luckily this time he was able to uh, keep his composure because, like you said, uh, Malik Smith was, was is fast. He's a fast dude. And if you rush it, you can overthrow it. You can, you know, obviously it probably wouldn't have cost him the game, but uh, it wouldn't have definitely been a uh, – well, I guess if it was an error, it would have been a, it would still been a no hitter. But just it was good just to kind of get it done and and make that great play. And what and what I didn't see obviously because we were there was that first batter smashed it. And if you look at uh, Pena's reaction after he hit it, he, he thought, thought he, he got a home run. Yep, he thought he got a home run. And then he heard the crowd and he turned around. And he's like, "Oh, thank God!" Yeah. You know. So that that wasn't the easiest third one, two, three third last <laughs> inning. Yeah, I really wasn't, even though. He got them down in order. And even with the Renhifo bobble, people were like, oh, well, they would have called it ever. Who knows? Because if he makes the attempt to throw it and the guy like legs it out, he could have gotten him hit. He could have given him a hit. You just never, you don't want to chance it that way. So it all just worked out, man. And the emotion, just, man, every time I think about this game, it's right up there with, with, you know, me being at game six of the World Series. It was just a really emotional game. And, man, I'm just really glad to, be, to have been there and been, been a part of it somehow, you know? Yeah, and so we, we got a couple emails and a couple questions on our Instagram live. So if you're on there right now, go to start 
thinking of questions. We're going to answer them in a second. But before we do that, um, we're going to talk about our second sponsor, and that is LinkedIn. LinkedIn, the perfect hire can have an impact on your business for years to come. So when you need to find that next person to help grow your business, LinkedIn jobs will match the right talent with your open role fast. LinkedIn has LinkedIn over, has over 675 million members worldwide. LinkedIn job screens candidates with the hard and soft skills you're looking for so you can get hired so you can hire the right person fast. Things like collaboration, creativity, ejectability. Uh, LinkedIn looks beyond the work skills and puts your job post in front of qualified candidates who match your business qual- uh, requirements perfectly. That's how LinkedIn makes your job posts. It's seen by people you want to hire, people with the skills, qualifications, and other interests that will help your business grow. It's no wonder a person is hired every eight seconds on LinkedIn. And why companies rated LinkedIn jobs the number one hiring platform for delivering quality hires. Find the right person for your business today with LinkedIn jobs. You can pay what you want for the for the first fifty for the first fifty dollars off, just visit LinkedIn.com slash team again. That's LinkedIn.com slash team to get fifty dollars off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. So again, we'll be right back after this and we will be answering your questions. Hey, what's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. And we are back. Um, again, we want to thank LinkedIn Jobs and uh, Simply Safe for our sponsorship and, and help uh, us continue this podcast. Um, uh, do it even in the off season, even when there's no baseball, we're still here doing it. So a um, couple of emails I'm going to run through real quick. Um, first one is from Lamar Washington, again, a loyal, uh, emailer, yo fellas, what's good, man, that combined no hitter had to be the highest, had to be the highlight of the season. It couldn't have been easy for the angels to play that game really was a special night. Next one from, uh, Duncan Healy. What a moment, everything that happened, how it happened, the number, such coincidences, only baseball magical. And then our last, and, and then our last one from Lauren Codd. Uh, hey there, guys. We caught up on the last few shows here at home. Good stuff. All the combined. She says, on with a lot of W's. The the combined no-hitter, such a great night considering uh, considering special moment indeed. So, again, thank you for our uh, emailers. Uh, you know, we asked for comments, questions, but obviously the comments in, in this situation was, um, you know, uh, good to hear. Yeah, man. I mean, just, you know. Knowing that, you know, we're not the only ones that felt the way we felt, and 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 man, like just the 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 camaraderie I felt with everybody there. Like, you know, obviously with you guys, we're friends, so we 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 have the camaraderie there. But with everyone else that we don't know, just high fiving everybody and and really living in that moment, I think was the perfect memorial and the best way to keep. Tyler Skaggs' memory alive and to remember Tyler Skaggs for who he was. Um, for us being to everyone just being so united. I remember, you know, obviously we came in different cars. I rode with Chris and when Chris and I, we parked up towards the front or no, we walked up towards the front because we wanted to, I think Chris had a banner he wanted to put down in the memorial that they put in front of the stadium. But we walked out there and everyone was high-fiving each other and we were handing out buttons and 
I remember handing out the Tiger Skaggs button to somebody and, and Chris as well. And people were hugging us saying, thank you. Thank you. You know, because we, we felt the death of Tiger Skaggs. Like we lost a friend and we weren't the only ones. Everyone that was there was so united, man. It, it was just really a beautiful thing, really more than baseball. It was beautiful, man. And just like I said, I felt like I didn't even want to go home, dude. I yeah. really didn't. So, we got our questions here on our Instagram live feed again. That's Halo underscore Haven on our Instagram and it's on our Twitter. Um, so first one kind of going with this and, and there's some questions outside of baseball and we'll get to those in a second. I promise. And if you have questions, um, throw them in the little question area they have here on Instagram. But the first one, um, favorite memory from the past decade, I'll take Weaver's no hitter, his, Oh my God reaction. Yeah, that was a great reaction, but I mean, like I said, if I'm going to pick one that I've personally been to, it's definitely going to be the Tyler uh, Skaggs no hitter, the one that we were talking about um, the day, the first home game back since everything happened. I think that's definitely a one um, A for me for sure. Yeah, for me, I mean, I was at Weaver's no hitter too, but there's no way that one's more memorable than the Tyler Skaggs one, considering everything that happened. Considering honestly, and I don't, I'm not trying to sound like an ass, but Tater Cole, an opener, Felix Pena, did you expect Yeah, there's no way you could have thought that was going to happen. No, and then and then for the, like and like we said, the numbers that happened afterwards, like the home run that Trout hit 454 feet, his birthday, all that stuff. Yeah. How can it not be the most memorable moment of, of, of that decade from 2010 to 2019? Like, yeah, it's got to be this game. You know, uh, Weavers, was, it was special. It was nice. But it was a, a it was a, a no hitter, which is always special, which is always memorable. But this one just seemed much more memorable. So next question again, kind of going now to the overall baseball um, aspect of it. Now, um, this one: When do you guys think the season will start? Do you guys think this season is a wash? Mm, it's not looking good, and if they do have one, um, I don't see them like opening the stadiums. I don't see us yeah. going to games. Um, I really don't. Just from hearing everything that's happening in the world out there with this virus, like every day something new comes out where it's like, man, and I just really don't see them. I don't even see how they would allow fans in the game. Yeah, I know for me, for instance, I'm going to be a little more hesitant from now on too, going because you think about you're at a game and, and you're and the way you hear how people get this virus, it's so simple where it's like, man, you're sitting next to somebody. Someone's in front of you. Someone's behind you. Someone's to your left. Someone's to your right. Um, people bumping into each other, like that's how it spreads. So people are going to be a lot more hesitant to kind of want to go. And I'm a baseball fan. I always want to go, but we're all going to be a little more cautious about how we do things and how we handle things. So with that being said, and this is just me, can you imagine how major league baseball is going to handle this? Like they have to, they have to take every precautionary measure ever. So I just really, if it does happen, I see them, um, really having no fans in the crowd and maybe playing the season some, some way, some other way. But it's just it's not looking great for us to have a like even a hundred game season at this point. You know, yeah. I don't know what to do, but who knows? I, was, I can't really speak on it. I don't know much. I just I know as much as everybody else. Right. There's not a whole lot of information going on out there that's you know, for sure, but you know, there was a report saying that they were they were thinking about extending the season into like November, December and using neutral sites for all that stuff. And if they do that, then yeah, I could think see them getting a good size, like a hundred game season in. If they are just planning to play the regular schedule, what they're doing, you know, where the postseason happens in, in um, like, you know, September, World Series in October, then, yeah, it's going to be, you know, 81 games. Um, and I'm with you as far as the stadium and fans consideration. Like, I don't think <laughs> they are really going to um, – that's not going to be their first priority. And they already said that's not going to be their first priority as far as getting fans in the building. Their first priority is to play games. Um, you know, and I'm cool with that. You know, you'll be hesitant. I, I, I might be, I mean, I don't know when the time comes, my whole thing is like, Hey man, I can get sick from dude down the street just as easy as I can at the baseball game. So I, you know, I'm more likely to just roll the dice and go. Yeah. I'd probably be more aware of my surroundings. Like if there's an option of me sitting in an area where there's not a ton of people, then yeah, I'll probably do that. But as far as just kind of avoiding the stadium altogether, I don't. I mean, that's my personal thing. I don't. I. I, I don't think I will. Um, but yeah, the state. I. I just think there's going to be some kind of baseball, whether it's a, an abbreviated season like 81 games, if it's going to be some kind of like 
super tournament, like World Cup style, where you have pool play. And then from the pool play, you have some kind of playoffs. Like, I can see him doing that. Um, again, this is all thoughts, nothing out there for real. But, you know, what is real is that the TV broadcast partners do want games and, and the league does want that TV money. So I'm sure if there's a way to work it, they're going to find a way to work it, even if it is only 81 games or only if it is 100 games. I, you know, I have confidence in that. I just don't I just I just think baseball this season as we are used to isn't going to happen. That's not going to happen. But there's going to be some yeah. I think I, I do think there's going to be some kind of games uh, and some way to to do it. And that kind of leads into, again, another question we had about um Another report that was out there, and uh, this question was, do you see the Arizona slash Florida plan working out? And for people that aren't aware of that plan, um, again, this is just an idea. MLB has not come out and said anything about what they're going to do. Everyone is kind of just throwing ideas out there, and and nothing is for sure. But this plan would be um, you take the regular grapefruit and, and cactus league teams like you do in spring training, and now you kind of, in a way, make that the AL and NL for this year. So you kind of scrap the AL, NL, and you just go strictly Grapefruit and um, Cactus League. And then you play your games there, and then you, you work out maybe like a neutral place for like a championship game between the two sites. So, you know, people were kind of seeing uh, – there are a couple of people out there that would put the divisions how they would be if that plan worked. Um, I mean, so you have like the Angels playing the Dodgers and the the, the – White Sox, and I'm just trying to think off the top of my head, but you had some heavy hitters in that, um, uh, you know, league, if you will. But that plan, I, I, I like that plan. That plan is not bad, and especially if you're planning to play a, a, a games without fans, you don't need huge ballparks. You just need, honestly, the spring training facilities are perfect because every team has one. Every team has is has a locker room. Every team has, um, you know, places to stay when they're out there because they're so used to it. The one where they have everyone and Arizona was complete. I, I didn't think that was going to happen for a second. No, the, the the Florida Arizona thing makes so much sense. You just you nailed it on the head. It's their facilities. It's where they send people for rehab starts. It's it's where they keep people for extended spring training. All their a lot of their offices are there. They know where to book. They, they you know everything's within range of each other. In Arizona, the furthest park is like 45 minutes away so you know it just makes sense that way same thing for florida they're all right there and i know in florida they have to travel a little more it's more spread out yeah but they're there all their facilities are there so it makes sense to to do it that way i don't hate it if, it, if it's a way to get baseball on my tv and i get to see the angels sure it's going to be different and it's going to be a little bit it's going to be fun it's going to be weird at the same time but that would be nice but i'm with you i think we're going to get some kind of baseball, but just do not expect it to be what we we're expect. We expect every year it's going to be different. And but I, hey, as long as we get to watch it and we get we get what we love, I think anybody's up for whatever they can think of. And if it's no fans in the crowd, hey, you know these guys played high school ball, college. Some of them played college ball. Some of them played minor leagues where there's nobody in the stands anyway. So for them, I think it is a difference for guys who've been in the league longer. But at the same time, it takes them back to where. You know, we this is a kid's game. We played Little League when maybe just our moms and dads were out there, you know. So it's not like you need the fans in the crowd, you know. And I think I'm with everyone else where, hey, there's no fans in the crowd and they're on my TV and I get to watch Angels play every day. I'm, I'm stoked. I'm, I'm, I'm all yeah. for whatever they can plan. Yeah, and then like you said, a lot of those stadiums are already used to the spring training schedule, so they already have places to put cameras and maybe they could find – you know, another two or three places. I know the camera space is very limited in spring training. And you can tell when you watch a broadcast, there's maybe like four cameras there. Maybe there's a place where you can find another two or three cameras, especially because if there's no fans, you can put them in the middle of the stands and, and use that as kind of a camera post and get different angles like that. So, um, you know, if, if you were to tell me this Florida Arizona plan was the plan they're going to go with, I, I think that'd make a lot of sense. And it'd be fun too. Cause you would see games. You would see teams. They just play teams that you normally don't see them play a whole bunch. Like, especially NL teams. The Cincinnati Reds are in, in are in Arizona. Obviously, the Dodgers are in Arizona. Um, the Diamondbacks are in Arizona. The Giants are in Arizona. So you would see those matchups a lot more than you would normally. And I think that for fans would be really cool because, you know, instead of, instead of playing the Dodgers four times a year, maybe now you're playing them six or seven times, and you're just a little more sample size um, to see that kind of a rivalry build. Yeah. So all these teams and you're not the Cubs, the Giants, you know, these teams that we 
you know, what, every three, four years we yeah. get to play these yeah. these teams, you know. The Dodgers play them every year, and sure, it's only six games, but, you know, hey, this time it's going to be nine games. It might be ten games, you know. Um, again, man, like, it, it's not if, – if they do do that, it's one season only. It'll be fun. We get baseball, and we get to see it, get, see it played out differently, man. And, yeah. dude, <laughs> again, like, if it's on my TV and it's happening <laughs> right now – I'm all for it, dude. Like, I wanted to – honestly, I don't know if you heard about this, but that Taiwanese league that's playing with no fans, they have oh, the they face. have the, the dummies, the uh, mal- yeah, ma- I mannequins. Wanna, I, I want to look this this league up because I want to watch some real baseball. I don't want, I'm tired of watching old games now. Like, this is happening right now. I want to watch it. I don't know who's playing, but it's baseball, you know? So, same thing. Hey, there's no fans in the crowd. You want to put cardboard cutouts? I'll send mine in. You guys put my cardboard cutout out there, and I'm good, dude. So I'm, I'm all for whatever they can plan out. Exactly. So that's pretty much going to wrap up this episode. But before we go, I want to encourage everyone out there to subscribe, rate, review, um, especially everyone that has an Apple uh, device. Um, please write a review. Help us spread the word of this podcast. So if you guys listen to the podcast that we posted on Monday, it was very – uh, not very. It was all gaming and talking to a handful of guys that were um, came on the podcast. So, with that in mind, you know, I know we're kind of hoping for to do a giveaway for opening day, and then that got delayed, and then we're just kind of like, well, I don't know what we're going to do for the giveaways. Seeing that, I'm not sure when the opening day is going to be. So i I kind of thought of it myself, and so we're going to do a giveaway here. So, um, this is the rules, and so for you guys that are on Instagram Live, I'm going to cut you out i'm going to stop the broadcast for you guys you're going to have to listen to the all angels podcast on spotify apple podcast uh iheart radio to figure out what this giveaway is and how to enter so i'm going to end the video now and done so here we go and if you heard you know uh ty buttry has been great with us for the past um, you know, um, a handful yeah. of weeks and the fact that he met up with me at spring training i was able to get a couple photos signed by him so that's going to be the giveaway assigned ty buttree um signed picture obviously he's doing his thing right now with mlb the show players league and he's trying his his best and he's he's grinding record's not great but he's grinding so in that interview from last week and if you haven't listened to it i suggest go back and listen to it they're all archived my question for the fans out there uh, email us at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. What game does Ty play most often on his phone? He mentions it real quick in the in the interview. Email us your name, one entry per email. Um, what's going to happen uh, probably before the beginning of next week's podcast, we will do a drawing of the names, strictly random, kind of like what we did with the Stan Sox. And we will send that picture out. So again, go back to last week's all it's titled the all gaming podcast. Listen to Ty Buttry's interview I did with him and tell me what game does he play on his phone most often? So obviously it's not going to be MLB the show. Obviously it's not going to be call of duty. So email us at all angels podcast at gmail.com subject. You can put subject could be giveaway and we will draw names or do a random computer thing and announce the winner next week on the podcast that sound good john sounds good to me man get these people some memorabilia so that you can join our memorabilia challenge on instagram and on twitter hashtag angels memorabilia challenge that's a good little piece of memorabilia right there that you can add to your collection or even post it hashtag angels member angels baseball memorabilia on your twitter or instagram and sharing the experience with everybody else who's joined in i know that there's quite a few people who've actually been posting their memorabilia every day so and we'll be talking to him as this quarantine goes a little bit more and more yeah man it's it's good it's it's not like the greatest thing in the world but it's a nice distraction to go through your stuff and to look through your things if you're an angels fan i'm sure you have something that means something to you it could be a bobblehead you got at the game it could be a shirt that you caught from the canyon whatever man a picture that you took on photo day Right. These kind of things are memorabilia to people and, and and mean special something so to see people post things and, and and then there's a story behind a lot of these things, man. It's an amazing feeling because I know I have a story behind everything I post. And, you know, it's just really fun to see other people's memorabilia. So this is a great little giveaway that we're doing that you guys from a Major League Baseball player who's a, who's a vital part of that Angels back end of that Angels bullpen. 
it's a good signature to have on your wall, framed and hang on your wall. So, yeah, man, you can add that to the Angel Memorabilia Collection if you if you win. So, there you go. Good and, idea. And then Apple users to kind of swing the pot a little bit. If you write a review on our on the All Angels podcast, I will give you an extra entry into the uh, drawing. So you'll have one for the right answer, and you'll have one for the um, for the review. Just Photoshop or not Photoshop, but screenshot your review. Send it again in the email, and that will give you two entries into the raffle. So again. Um, I know Spotify users, you can't write reviews. I don't know why Spotify doesn't allow you to do it, but Apple users, um, that will be your extra advantage into doing uh, this giveaway. So, again, that's All Angels Podcast at gmail.com. We will have a winner this time next week for sure. Awesome. Sounds good. I can't wait to see who participates. And it's a good way, a good way for you guys to listen to our podcast or at right. least, you know skip forward to <laughs> we just want, hey, the, we just want the downloads we want the downloads that's what that's yeah, what counts download, download it there you go yeah awesome so for Dan garcia i'm johnny mags and we'll talk to you next time on the all angels podcast As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org.